0: You might find something you love. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What episode are we up to? 8,476? 8, 8, what are we up to? 8, 836. 837. 837. Oof. We're recording today from backstage area, I'm going to call it here. We're in the pristine auction lounge here. I'm sitting in the same chair. No, he was over there where mo rivera was eating a little chick-fil-a two of my favorite things in the world mariano rivera and chick-fil-a at the same time in the same chair I mean, that was a lot of fun it is i mean i wish well i guess you could see it behind us look at all these helmets and just craziness that's here the behind the scenes kind of organization that went into what we saw here it, it really is an amazing thing to behold you don't I had no clue when we were coming here what we were going to be walking into. Just walls of helmets, walls of jerseys. I mean, look at that stack of Terry McClellan jerseys over there. What is that? You think that's 200 jerseys? The guy just over, signed, signed, signed so the show is here it's only one big you know area here in chantilly lots of announcements I think they're, they're about to close the show down in front of the house huge show we could talk about that tell you what the dealers are telling us Andrew does a very good job of walking over there and saying, hey how's the show what are you doing what you got a stack of cards that are over there i bought some packs from you know from when i was a kid for us to open all junk wax and you know i guess the question becomes if you walk around and look enough cases are we really in the second jump era? are the packs soon going to be the same exact thing and is that going to drag andrew's mood down for consecutive episodes that's what i want to know so i mean there's a lot of stuff too i gave Lawrence taylor another cigar he said he remembered me but i don't think he did we got to talk to mike vick Got to talk to John Maddingly. So, in case you can't tell, this is the 10 year old boy in me is still very excited from this. Honestly, the nicest was was Champ in the beginning. It was so early in the day. Champ Bailey. He was like, we had to like say, okay, Champ was nice. Thanks for your time. Like, he was, he would hang out with us the whole time. It was real nice. Terrell Davis, really smart. Like, really smart guy. Um, You could tell a lot by people's eyes. Terrell Davis had that, I'm still. Ready to yeah. f you up, guys. Did Pretty you much, that? yes. Champ was happy. Was, Champ, Champ, had he was he was locked in. You they didn't ask You were like, "Do you still have that chip on your shoulder?" He's like, "Ah, not really." Not Can really. In his head, he's like, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> yeah, you do. I like, yes, he totally does. It's, yeah, it's You it's, felt that too, right? One hundred percent. One hundred. Why it was like that called Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, what? I'll tell you, one of my favorite things was, I'm amazed to see like these athletes who I've watched on TV and collected their cards. But what's fun is seeing the athletes interact with each other. You know, seeing Barry Foster, you know, running back for the Steelers, see Elijah Wong walk by and be like, oh, Dream, we got to take a picture. Come over here. And he's got his phone out the same way that you or I would. Like, take a picture with me. I got the dream. I'm going to show the kids. You know, or uh, Mike Tyson. He's like, Mike, don't be mad at me. Like, let me take a picture with him. Or um, we saw Champ Bailey and Doug Williams, quarterback for, uh, you know, for Washington, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um just you like Mike Tyson did. shoes, I did not. Did he have crispy shoes? white, like b- right out of like the box uh-huh. from Cole's New Balance? Okay, like the the shoes like your grandpa would wear. Is anyone here gonna make fun of them? No, I think it's actually in now. But okay. like uh-huh. this crispy white New Balance Seven Sixties. If you in New Balance, you were in a fraternity. I think it's what, or in a retirement home <laughs> in the <'80s>. eighties. Reti- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well Mike Tyson he kinda goes off on to his corner and where you're told ahead of time don't don't yeah. don't bother Mike They have special ventilation. <laughs> don't, time. don't mess yeah, don't mess with Mike they brought in some frogs too. Something like toads, they like they're like specifically for licking or something. Right? They're good, they're good, they're good. Uh, so I have to ask. You walk the show. Give me one one takeaway. It could be about the cards you saw, the cards you had, the reaction of the dealers to your cards, uh, the way the dealers reacted to your questions about how the show is. Anyhow, what'd you, what, what would be your takeaway from? We were here all day. We've been here for 10, 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, 10, 10, What's 11 hours. Take? Nothing? What's my takeaway? Uh oh. Well, you, you notice I'm in a question asking. Yes, this. you are. One of the struggles I have is. Who do you listen to? That's true. Right? In a hobby with so many different voices, you want to actually go to the source. You want to listen to people who've done it and have done it successfully. And they don't have a vested interest in telling you something that like lines their pockets. That's right. And I'm in that stage of curating, you know, who do you listen to? Because not all information is created equal. Right? And obviously you and I talk. About, yep. And i picked your brain hours and hours and hours. There's now, only so much you can learn from me because I've... I'm lucky. I have cards for twenty years that are all going up, and I'm in a different spot. I have a job and the whole deal. And and you speak for a lot of a different segment of our audience who are you know not in the same position as me and are feeling a little different about the hobby now, right? Right. And I I, I like buying modern guys. Like specifically when when I say when I say modern, it's guys that are playing. Yep. Right. Ultra modern, modern. That's up to you guys to decide. So I'm like, why do people buy NT? You know. These one-of-ones, how do they sell? The Mosaic cards. So just trying to really get get a pulse on the market, not just look at, you know, this card ended for this price, this card ended for this price, the market's going up, going down. It's a very trivial and I feel like JV way to look at stuff. I want to understand the market better. So go deeper. Yeah, I really do. And I want to learn. And I want to learn from, I feel like a lot of dealers, what's cool about it is they see a lot of traffic. They've been doing this for years. They rode through cycles. So they have different perspectives. Um, a lot of the same perspectives that they shared was mostly so, trading. Yep. Not a ton of buying, but people are still buying. Right. A lot of people looking to sell their cards to the dealers. Yes. I don't think the hobby's dead by any means, and I don't think that like yesterday's episode we did PWCC, uh-huh. right? Yep. The PWCC premiere ended. I, I don't believe that you know, oh my God, this card lost 50% of the value, we should panic. I don't, I think that's, um, I don't think that's the right way to necessarily look at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's, I think one of the keys you're learning, especially from, you know, sitting here with folks who have been doing this for years, coming to the show for years is there's a lot to the hobby. Look at this whole back room. It's something we've never even been exposed to. This is part of the hobby. It's part of the hobby generally. And it's you know it's something that there's a significant demand for. There are lines for these people. I mean, it's it is amazing to watch just the the fan base. That's not going anywhere. People love, you know, whether it's a retired player or a current player, people love to go meet them, spend a minute with them, get an autograph. But more importantly, it's sure there's Mahomes cards that are down from half a million dollars to a hundred thousand dollars and change. But if you Take that a little wider. That Mahomes card was significantly less than the hundred thousand dollars. The year before it was five hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, you can't always like measure from the top of the peak to where we are now, right? You, you gotta look, all right, how about from here to there? And we've started doing that with parts, right? And looking for what's the bottom gonna be, you know, what's the working? Oh, has the audio not been on the whole time? The audio. That <laughs> would not be good. Might as well just keep going now and check it afterwards, and you know, <laughs> if it if it didn't work, we'll have to record the whole thing again.
1: But that's all right. I like talking,
0: even if I can only hear myself and no one can ever hear me. So, I think it was working. I think it was good. All right. I mean, you know, volume. Let's hope. We'll see. It's always input. It's always input. No, it, it should catch. Maybe it doesn't. Um... Well, so I guess I'm talking about the perspective of it, right? Like, you know, we're looking at, you and I, we've talked about some Bitcoin, right? The reason, the reason I think it stays at this 18 or 19 range is because you look at this new floor is the previous peak from a while ago, right? 18, and then it went down, and it was 16, now it's back down to 18, and like, it's a new way to do it, right? Like, you always say, like, the previous peak is the new floor, right? Well,
1: I know what we are
0: now, right? But the previous peak was like, pre-pandemic. It's called 1920. It's gone back up, and if, if if what we think holds, there may be some more downside on certain cars. Some cards are fully back to where they were before COVID. Some, not all. So, so let's assume we're starting the podcast here. Nine minutes in, clean audio. You know what I just realized? What? A little bit of the discomfort that maybe the hobby's feeling. Okay. It's that they have to find new ways to generating. Okay. And that doesn't mean they have to leave the hobby. It's not as simple as they have to leave the hobby or they have to stay in the hobby. There's different avenues within the hobby that you can make money. Just today, like this whole autograph section, if you think about it, this is half the show. Yep. And this has nothing to do with cards. no. Mike Vick has nothing to do with cards. Right. Right. Well, some people are signing cards. Some people get their autographs on the cards. But yeah, the very little. I mean, this is this is more than half of the floor space. Right. And, and let's think about that. Even no if cards. Mike, even if Mike Vick is signing cards, Don Mattingly is signing cards. Right. Yep. Uh, we saw something so interesting today. I hope Joe doesn't mind us sharing. It's there is was stack of Don Mattingly cards. Yep. And the uh, card saver was yep. cut out in the middle. Right. So that the autograph could be signed. Yep. Without the card having to be removed. People who want to get a you know a high grade card auto and then get the card graded and the auto graded, they cut the card saver so that the player could just sign without the corners ever really being exposed. The corners aren't on the table, no one's crunching and no one's you know, damaging the cards. So, so it's smart. If we just take what was happening in 2020, when everyone was having such a good time, I would buy a Trey Young card and have it delivered and I would sell it for more. That's easy. That's amazing. I mean, obviously, that's glorious. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And we say, okay, well, most people are going to leave the hobby, or they're going to stay. But they have to find new ways to add value and make money. This whole autograph section, think about that. You have to stand out in line, run the math, look up how much done Mattingly autos mm-hmm. cost, and if you put in that extra work, now you might be able to add value to a card, yep. have it signed, authenticated, and sell it, and now you can use that income to buy those cards that are not in Correct. Thisly high grade. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I think humans don't like change. Nope. And I think when any time a market shifts or changes, we get frustrated because like the old move, you know, our old layup with the right hand doesn't work. Now we have to go to our left. We have to spend time learning that. So that's personally, like my personal journey is like. And you can't just buy drone Pool pull right before season and sell them. When he gets an extension, that's not how the market works right now. Even nice curries, you can't sell because there's a ton. Yep. So that frustration also comes with opportunity. That's my perspective. That's what I'm kind taking away. Kind of pivots, right? Well, so but... I mean, I've been to a lot of shows where there are autograph signers that I've almost ignored the autograph section because it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my thing. I don't think you have a single but, autograph card. Uh, I may have some more. I have some autographs. It's nothing like crazy. Ooh, what are you opening? You opened the score. Is this ninety-one? Ninety-one score. Are you smelling one, it? One of the guys said, smell "The smell of cards." He's like, exactly. "The hobbies change." So, like, now, let's see who we get. Man, maybe it's somebody. Warren like, Powers. No. Austin Powers. John Grimsley. No. Newberry. This is a this is a crappy pack. Rich Cannon. Cool. Look at that. Your guy. Isn't that is that a cool White. Cool that's a cool card, right? That's a dream team. That's a cool card. Like they made cool cards. That's, that's a cool pack. card. So, so you got that card, right? Take a guess how much this pack costs that I bought for us to put $1, 33 $1.33. Three for a dollar, these packs are. Three for a dollar. That's a cool card. Look at that. Dream Team. Reggie White. Keep it going. And you got the, you got, man. got the facts in the Dream up. Team. Look at that. Look at that. I don't know who Jim Morrison is. I can't hear the doors. Steve. Roger Craig, great running back for the Niners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roger Craig was awesome. Matthew Lancy you nothing great there has 91 same same year of football this is upper deck upper deck 91 football so I just was walking around the show you know I bought some Pokemon for Ian but this this the last time it was junk packs in the 90s 91 92 there's still packs sealed of that stuff still being open and I saw a guy who was selling packs Tim McGee I saw a guy who was selling packs three for a dollar and especially this one. I can't wait. I want to open this one. I remember triple play. There's a triple play card in here. How come they're I all over it was? Who's, who's the rookie? How come, like, somewhere upside who's down? Who was that? Oh, Dan, Dan McGuire. McGuire was supposed to be. That was a quarterback. He was supposed to be good. I think you might have got Randall Cunningham in there for you Philly guy. That's a cool card. Jim Everett to Henry, Henry Eller connection. Yeah, they kind of flipped over and stuff. Henry Eller. So you think it's Isaac Bruce, but it's it's, it's two years before Greatest Bruce got in the league. Little Henry Ellard. These are fun. Little Upper Deck. Brad Baxter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy's TP. swaggy. Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas. This I know this guy. Derek Thomas. This guy's a bad man. Well, Clayton, <laughs> one of uh, one of Marino's receivers. And then who'd you get? It is Randall Cunningham, team MVP. Gotta love it, little Randall Cunningham. I like this. Let's show what it cost me two dollars. This is a Dumars series two. It has a uh, Willie Stargell puzzle piece. It's just wax. This is why. Did you are open wax? with open the Ian yesterday? I did. We opened up Pokemon again. Yep. You want the Pokemon? Oh, he likes Pokemon and shiny. But yeah, I what mean until so by shiny. All the cards are shiny. He knows what he's looking for. He's opening a shiny packs of shiny cards, and you know this is wax, by the way. See so you feel this? Mm-hmm. This is why I said, oh wax. Most of the stuff now is not wax. I worked at a cafe, is, so you know wax. Yeah. Oh, this is a puzzle. That's yeah, Willie Stargell. was the puzzle in that year Willie we, just, we were just talking about Willie Stargell with the uh, the, I, old, the old Pirates team. I will say something else. Like, um, first off, shout out to Pristine yeah, Auction who let us kind of camp yeah, out in this section. I'll show you guys in a nice little couch. Pretty sweet. I think it's it's important to remember that the hobby's kind of made up of people. Yep. Everyone I've met is really willing to share their he insights. He's sharing their his helmet. He's putting it in a box. No, behind us. Check it out. On. Oh, nice. You're seeing the whole process. We got some helmets there. Let's see, a Willie Stargell, Diamond King puzzle piece. What do you got there, Mickey oh, Tettleton, Joe Clink, Mookie Wilson? He was awesome. Yeah, Pedro Guerrero. You got a rookie, Chuck. I have to say it. Oh, Delino De Shields. His kid is in there, <laughs> but this guy right here. What's his name? Not Delino DeShields. Shields. The next guy. It's on his eyes? I don't. he he looks lit (laughs) this is what you look for in the cards yeah this is guys put the kids away this is chuck polish my knob lock no chuck polish my knob lock is that am i allowed It's a lot of work to to make it funny but yes (laughs) it's a lot of this is what i do i have to work to make things funny this is what baseball players look like by the way (laughs) look at that stash all right last one this was a real throwback when i was a kid this was when we really started getting junk. It wasn't just Donruss. This was clearly Donruss. Donruss triple play. A baseball specific. It should be I mean, they are like they started putting like silver foil on cards. You can look for cards that are silver foil on this. See, it's not a wax pack. It got a little fancier. So I guess this episode is sort of like what's the weird wax that Cage could find for two dollars at the show? Look at this. That's a triple play card. You scratch this off like an instant lotto and you, like, you could win cool. you win a trip to the All-Star game. And then they had pictures in these, like the baseball players, when they were kids also, if I remember, which is really cool. I, like, look at this. Little Hot Shots. This is Dale Murphy the as Philly a kid. Fanatic, wow. Fanatic card. Come on, that's amazing. How do you beat that? Fanatic came out in 78. Not Fanatics. The Philly Fanatic. Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. Hey, now, look at that. Joe Girardi. Little Hot Shots. Another kid again. We'll see the silver foil coming up. Foil. Look at that! Can't gallery you? of that's Stars, a nice one. Wally Joyner. That looks like a Williams. little. It's like a Court Kings today. It's like a diamond, a diamond yeah. Kings is what they yeah. were calling. But that's In a baseball? Gallery of Stars. Yeah. Oh, right. so flip that over. Donruss. That's a cool card. I really like Donruss. Wally Joyner, Gallery of Stars. Look at that cool card. And you got to save this, right there, Harold Baines, Joe. So we were just talking about Harold Baines. That's the guy who made the Hall of Fame. The that's guy. him. That's him. That's exactly. That's exactly. That's cool. Exactly the guy we were just we were just talking about, Harold Baines. Fun to open up packs there, 30 cents, <laughs> and there you go. You got a little Harold Baines action right there in the pack, blowing a bubble. So, I mean, these these are not worth anything. That's why it's twice 30 cents a pack. Well, look like Court Kings, look like, you know, the same stuff, a little history repeating itself. So, I'll tell you, we come on with the episode. Today, you could see this show and see it a couple of different ways, right? You could see, number one, like people like Santiago over here, who's, you know, this is the, the lifeblood of the hobby. Tyler, right here. We're about to go oh, yeah. to his trade night as soon as we're done recording. we live breaks. Well, yeah, you uh, see high this? High-end product. High-end, triple play, 33 cents a pack. Can't beat it. I wish I had an extra one. I can let you open it. It'd be Tyler, great in today's market, if you're not losing money, you're making money. That's right. Is that Clay, pa- who that is? Clay Parker? Clay Parker. You want a Clay Parker?
1: It's not I'm Trey Parker.
0: Tigers guy. Yeah. Clay Parker, it. Like it. Like it. you. know what <laughs> Clay Parker? You want the wrong grin, not not Tony, Chris Gwynn? the wrong win. So we're going to go to this next trade night after. But you can take it a bunch of different ways guys. You can take Either it like... Soon, guys. We will see you. So we, we, you can take it a lot of people at the at dealers in the show were saying the deal flop, right? That there's a lot of people coming in trying to sell the cards to the dealers, right? That always happens. And I think what Andrew is saying is there's a shift in these things. Maybe people are selling the stuff like you figured you'd sell. So, you know, the, the high pop the shiny, the base oh, I was told low pop works too. That doesn't. I mean, maybe that's not on their low pop. Who the hell knows? But maybe they're selling. Here's the fun part. I ask the follow-up question. Okay, people are selling cards to the dealers. When you buy it, what are they doing? Are they taking the money, shoving it in their pocket, and running out of the door? Like, no, oh, they're rebuying. They're walking around the, yeah, the re- show and they're rebuying the cards. So so yeah, that extra sentence is an important part, especially for yeah. folks listening, because if we just stop with... Oh, the dealers are right by everybody's selling. Everybody's trying to sell their cards to us. All right. Well, that tells half the story. If they were just taking the money, leaving and never coming back to the hobby again. All right. right, cause for concern. But if they're taking the money, they're walking to another table and finding a different kind of card to invest in. You know, maybe they were selling their their football cards and, and, and buying basketball cards. Maybe they're selling. Who knows? Right. But that's what I'm seeing. A lot of trading going on. There's still a lot of kids out there having fun doing their thing. Um, I listen, I enjoy coming to the show. This was uh, my first time doing a show like this, and definitely my first time being in the back room like this with the athletes. And if nothing else, guys, I'll tell you for folks who are out there listening like the hobby in some form or another has been around for a long time. I meant to get that, guys. Carter on my about 730 in the morning here, waiting for them to open the door to let us in. I talked to a dealer. Who is 80 years old, second second longest standing, you know, dealer here, um, and he um, said he started selling cards when he was 50 in 1955, right? So he was selling cards like his parents did antiques, and he would set up and sell cards, and you know that should tell you a little something about the hobby, right? You know, you, you're not going to be able to find somebody who's been selling Bitcoin or crypto or anything since 1955. Now I'm sure. It's different. I'm sure his table doesn't really have too much in the way of ultra-modern, but there is different strokes for different folks, right? Some people like ultra-modern. There are tables out there that don't have a single sports card on it. There were tables that just were selling pennants. Tables, you'll see some of the video we took today, where it scared the shit out of me. It was just old bobbleheads. Like, like it's the thing of my nightmares. These bobbleheads are going to come to life. It's going to be like a horror movie. They're going to attack me and, you know, and kill me. But there's a collection for everyone. Right. And I think really what I'd be going with on this, you know, on the high side message is if you stick with that, if you stick with collecting what you love, which is obviously the cliche, or realize that there's always going to be something to collect that people do love, then the hobby itself is not going anywhere Sure, Could the prices have gotten ahead of themselves over the last couple of years? A hundred percent. Does that mean everything's crashing down to zero? No, never really has. You know, it's always kind of, you know. Do you think this hobby stood the test of time? Oh, that's so, so, like, uh, a wise man once said, like, if you're starting a business, you don't know what industry to start it in. Look at the industries that have been around for a long time. Insurance, yep. for example. And you're probably safer off starting something there. Yep. Do you think this hobby st- stood the test of time? The hobby, yes. Some of the businesses that oh. came in the hobby... Not exactly, right? What are so some businesses saying, that came in the hobby in 1980s? Um, Other than shops, obviously. Well, a lot, there were a lot of LCSs that came in and a lot of them that closed. But not the 80s per se. First of all, I don't think the first show happened until the 70s. So in the 80s, you started getting shows, big shows, right? And you started getting, like, local shows, you name it. So one of the big things that, that blew up from... The, you know, the 80s boom was card shows, which obviously you're still seeing, right? Card shows themselves are, you know, they're they're, they're blowing up again. they are card shows all over the place. I mean, it's also, I think, for another episode, kind of like better coordinating and planning between show, you know, show owners, show coordinators. But what came out of the last boom? After the junk wax happened, the companies that made cards had to react. After ninety two, after these things, which have zero value, came home cards, numbered cards, collector cards, pieces of relics, pieces of jerseys, consolidation autographs on card cards, consolidation like so card grading to take care of the scarcity. So I don't know what the next thing is going to be, but there is always some next how thing. How come Score didn't make it, but upper deck did like how come Score got bought out, but upper deck didn't? You know I think Upper Deck had better contracts with better athletes and up and upper deck really was like hockey. Like no one else was really doing hockey for a while. Upper deck has always been sort of like the hockey one. And Upper Deck has great contracts with Gretzky and with you know LeBron and Michael Jordan. So they've always had very good athletes, which allows their products to continue to be made. Some people would say upper deck didn't exactly make it. Can I tell the audience out of everything I took away today? Shoot. Like opportunity, not just cards, but sort of cards. It's the, whoever has the best relationships with the athletes is going to win long term. It's actually, it doesn't matter where the athlete is. It's actually the relationship with the athlete that carries you through. Because if you have that relationship with the athlete, and I think, in today's day and age with social media it kind of connects you to the athlete a little way quicker if you're able to build those relationships whatever way shape or form you could go and market that athlete to yep. the manufacturer to the venue to everything yep. because this all rides on the likability of the athletes yes past the sure. present so i think the relationship is key and it's not just the relationships with the athletes and the folks that are here but also the people within the hobby. I think that's going to be the the, the next big thing so i think with this last two years and just the, the chase for money you had a lot of competition within the hobby, little cutthroat competitions between you know people buying for cards but in addition to the you know, card buying competition in the auction space competition in the business space competition in the card show space right and Joe shows not coordinating all nine yards, and i think you know the next phase of this is going to be you know, education so that more people can come in, but more importantly, working together. I think the best way I could say it is I see stuff like this and see just all the coordination has to go just with this back room, with the people who run the show, people who run, have in these dealers here, and it's like an assembly line, right? And you can't have egos, you can't have like, oh, this is my guy, that's your guy, get off this table for sure. Like we didn't see a single argument fight, it was like a well-oiled machine here today. And I think really the best way I could say it is I believe fanatics, whoever it is, I believe that in 10 years from now, we will all realize that the hobby is significantly bigger than it is even now, and significantly bigger than it was even in the last couple of years when everybody was coming in and making money, right? I believe we talk about it as a pie, which has eight slices. The way to get there is for everybody to stop fighting over the same one slice that we have now and realize that if we work together, that slice becomes a whole eight slice pie because there's so much room to go look at all the money that's in this it really is an eye-opening thing so there's 52 weeks a year, right yep and if you put on a good show it's back to zero sum game i think a good show is win-win yep dealers win athletes win uh the, the audience they get them into favorite athletes it's win-win yep. i think we could all agree on that you go to college to get a roi on your investment right yeah yep. like, like i'm gonna put 100k in i'm gonna leave i'm gonna get a job as a lawyer I'll pay off my debt in 140 years and I'll be good, Ian will have the house. Don't Hypothetically. And I could die, hopefully owing no one anything. Yes. Yeah. So there's no like hobby college, but there really needs to be. There needs to be this passing on of, hey, this is what a successful autograph show looks like. Yep. This is what a successful dealer show looks yeah. like. This is what, as a am a dealer, yeah. I hope So them. that's apprenticeship. Apprent- yeah, but, uh, so apprenticeship is old school and I, I like apprenticeship, but we have this. Like what you and I do. I would love to see more education in the hobby, not from me to the people like me, because let's say I started buying out cards, but I want to make money Mm -hmm. and I have a, I'm I'm in like West Virginia, right? I have a little little community. Can I not put on a a show for my school? Junior, junior, middle and high school? Yep. What what, what if I could just go and do a Zoom call with someone who puts on a show and learn from them, right? Yeah. And I think that passing on of knowledge, whatever shape, form, niche that knowledge is, I think we need to see a little bit more of that in the hobby. I think we're craving that. I, I think you're right. So you're going to put on a show in West Virginia at a school? Well, I've never actually been to West Virginia. I hear it's weird. You can go visit Mamba's Cards. That's right. West That's Virginia. Right. Not to be confused with Mamba's Breaks. That's it. Mamba's Cards. I mean, listen, you're going to be back here tomorrow. You'll have more stuff to talk about, like Mr. Rogers. You put a sweater on, and you'll have things you'd like to talk about, and I will, too. Um, we got to thank our audience. We get this quite a bit. Um, I still can't believe people recognize us. That's amazing, right? Uh, it's it's. I don't know the right response if you guys know how to answer to that. Because <laughs> like, people are like, I have a podcast, but it's not as big as these guys. I never know how to answer that because I'm like, I don't think we're big at all. Or like, yo, these guys are... So the even the reason that we're in this area, in this autographed okay. pavilion, getting opportunities with athletes... With un- almost unlimited chick uh, Yeah. That's what I'm thanking you for. It's because of like our audience, right? Answers. And uh, yeah, we've shown up, uh, whatever, 830 episodes. So pat myself, pat you on the back for holding each other accountable and our team. But like, honestly, the doors that have been open for us have been incredible. And hopefully we can pass that opportunity, the benefits, the knowledge, the insight, the access onto you guys. So that was, it's still a little humbling. Like I, I, I um, yeah. And they're sitting. Oh, that's an NFL athlete. Oh, that's a. a and Chip, Chip Bailey wants yeah. to sit down and just hang out. Yeah, and they're like, "Can you? Can you, guys- can you guys send us a list of athletes you want to interview?" And I was like, "Honestly, anyone. Yeah, whoever. How about <laughs> every whoever. single one? I've never interviewed whoever. an athlete, maybe like twice. So <laughs> these are, these doors that are being open. And, and trust me, guys, when I say like, the cigar night and events and things like that, where we get to bring our community together, we're definitely thinking about ways to do it so that we can kind of pass those opportunities through us on to our audience. Jonathan Ogden and Lawrence Taylor will be smoking Lucas Tigers cigars. So I You know, we're, we're spreading it out there, guys. And hopefully the next big cigar event will have a couple of these athletes at it and a bunch of you guys. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe, and you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.